Hey everyone, I'm super excited for another episode on stories with Danya. Today, my, <laughs> today my guest is um, Hannah Weiner, and I hope I'm saying this right. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yes, okay. Uh, she is an education consultant and the founder and host of Artists of Change a podcast where inspiring conversations happen with dynamic local and international-based performing artists who create with the intention of their art itself being an instrument of social change. Uh, Her love for learning and education design stems from a passion for challenging and reframing the underlying assumptions we use to frame the problems in our world. Hana is currently completing her PhD at UNSW, focusing on curriculum design within initial teacher education. So that's pretty amazing. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking you were going sugar. Do is that what I do? <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very impressive. Um, like the education aspect of it is something that I'm aspiring towards as well, and. And so this is really inspiring for me. Um, but I guess before we get into like our heavy conversations or whatever sort <laughs> of conversations we get into, I just wanted to ask you how you are and how is your heart right now? How are you feeling? Oh, my God, way to start. Um... It's funny, I think when, when I get asked this question, I'm you know quite clear <laughs> about my responses. So thank you for the opportunity to be to show up and be sincere in such a public way. Um, I generally actually at the moment I'm really well. Um, okay. a lot of things are really aligning. It's kind of like the seeds that I planted a long time ago were starting to come to fruition. You know, I've got my mm. doctorate happening now. I've I'm building this consultancy. I'm getting clearer around what that is and what that looks like and where I'm headed. You know, home life is great at the moment after a long stretch of not my health's return. Physical health is improving all that stuff. Um, and yet, you know, at the moment, I, you know, we took that moment to just sit quietly together and sort of land and ground and present ourselves before launching into the conversation. And I had to clear out of my head some things that happened during the day mm-hmm. that, to be really honest, quite rattled me. Oh. But, yeah, they were um, – I think I found myself doing things that were out of character for me. And what was beautiful about the aftermath, though, was really just coming back to this practice of self-forgiveness, mm-hmm. recognizing our humanity has layers to it. And, you know, really, like, how deeply does that sort of love for the self sit that I can, like, how quickly and how deeply can I clear the day and the stuff that perhaps I'm not proud of, Mm. which is rare for me. Like, I work really hard to keep a clean slate (laughs) so that my (laughs) mind can be clear and not burdened. Mm. But when we slip up, it really comes back to the practice of self-forgiveness, which is actually sits above a, a deeper self-love and self-respect and self-regard. Mm. So, 
yeah so I'm actually you know I am I'm I'm great and I'm fine and I'm I'm practicing <laughs> so important of, yeah this art of really truly forgiving yourself which is mm. it's I think it's an internal muscle a lot of us can get better at working <laughs> so um yeah so that's all good that's good I don't feel heavy about it it's just I think recognition of areas where mm-hmm. I can strengthen my character really maybe a longer answer than you were anticipating <laughs> for your question no, this, this was such a perfect answer uh, whenever you start talking even with your um, Instagram posts there's just like an immediate smile on my face which doesn't happen so much with everything that I'm like scrolling through but mm-hmm. I can't help having the smile on my face so it's like you know, the practice that you're talking about of self-forgiveness, self-love, mm. that then translates to giving it to other people without even trying because you're already giving that to yourself. Mm. And it definitely is a practice. Like, I've just realized this year how much of a practice it is, like exercising, mm. doing some other activity. Self-love is like a daily <laughs> muscle <laughs> that we have to kind of use every time yeah yeah you know I mean it's interesting in the context of um and look also like I can obviously I can go on conversation road for as (laughs) as much as you want so if you want to ever just steer it back to the questions you had in mind just be be ruthless about it (laughs) um but it was really interesting you know I kind of I tend towards having these uh I call them shower revelations it's like the oh my god that's the thing when you're kind of in the shower (laughs) so shower revelations and the past few days I've been having lots but one of them has really been around this you know how much do we practice care Mm. for ourselves you know like we say I've got to look after myself I've got to look after myself I've got to exercise but we do it with like a brutalizing mentality like I've got to look after myself I've got to go to bed no it's everyone it's everyone Yeah, no, I know, but this is like the state of the world, mm. right? So I find it really interesting, you know, if we actually ask ourselves very deeply, if I were caring for something, if I were caring for a plant, mm. if I were caring for a child or a baby or an elderly person or a sick someone, or if I, if someone gave me, you know, some something valuable of theirs, they're like, I'm going away for a couple of days, can you just look after this for me? You know, pet sitting, whatever. Mm-hmm. We go into an energy of very deep and genuine, A, attentiveness, mm-hmm. and B, a very sort of like detached, loving care. And the mm-hmm. the revelation was around, you know, are we really caring for ourselves mm-hmm. within our routines to eat well, to sleep, like sufficiently for our individual needs? Mm-hmm. Are we caring for our dreams and our passions and our interests, you know, like, I know for you this was like a huge step to to, mm. to to use your voice and your immense creative energy to start producing these podcasts, you know. So like in Hebrew we say kolakavod, but it's like it's like congrats. It, it literally translates actually as all the respect. So in Hebrew we say congrats by <laughs> saying, yeah, like like respect, man. That's <laughs> so wonderful. <laughs> you know? Um yeah, it's it's kind of nice. Yeah. So, yeah, there's this thing of um, care 
and to what extent do we anchor our choices mm-hmm. on a foundation of care? Yeah, that's so true. Is there a word for care um, in Hebrew? Oh, wow. Yes. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it in Urdu and it's not coming to me, but I'm pretty sure there is. But yeah. Um, I'd have to look it up. It's not same. on the top of my head. But and I'm afraid if I shift away from the app on my phone that I would might lose yes. this thing. So I won't, I won't look it up now. But We can maybe come to that later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, it's so true with um, with the concept of care. I mean, what you were saying, I I am this person like forcing myself to do things so that it comes under, you know, the umbrella of self care. Oh, I've cared for myself because I've done like all of these things. Yeah, but yeah. But then it's about um, mindfulness, you know, actually really being in the present moment when you're doing that and even if it's uncomfortable you're like um soothing yourself and just acknowledging it I find that's the most difficult like it's actually easier to do self-care when it's when uh you know you're not when you're just like in a frantic sort of state that's yeah but terrible but Yeah, because is it self-care? I mean, what I heard you say then, like what kind of stood out for me, and this comes out of the context of a lot of what I'm, I'm thinking about how we frame, um, you know, the role of teachers and learning and the process of learning. I heard oh, you yes. say doing self-care. Self-care is not a task. Self-care is an attitude. Hmm. You know, you can do a million tasks and not feel cared for. <laughs> exactly. That's so true. So it's not, it's not what we do. It's how we think about things and actually just thinking about care um I know this isn't like the exact word um like litapel mm-hmm. like tipul, or you know litapel is to like care or to take care of like children litapel. Right. but there's another word that actually came to mind which is litaken which is a slightly more uh, I guess religious word but what okay. it means is to repair or restore mm. the notion of tikkun, so litaken mm-hmm. becomes tikkun, and tikkun olam is to repair the world. Oh wow! So there's this notion of fracturedness mm-hmm. as the state of things, and then tikkun is repairing or restoring. Mm-hmm. So tikkun olam is restoring the world, but you can tikkun a lot of things. There's tikkun atzmi, which is self-repair or self-restoration. Mm-hmm. There is tikkun kehila, like my community. There's tikkun chevra, which is oh, like wow, yeah. repair of my society, and it can keep going. Yeah, so just maybe that's a word. That's beautiful. That this actually triggered the word in Urdu for me when you just mentioned. Um, the tikkun, am I saying it right? Tikkun, like tikun. in English, it would be yeah. like T I K U N. Tikkun. For mm. in Urdu, I think one of the words, and I'm sure there are other forms, but one of the words that came to my mind was madat. Mm. So that, what that translate? translates translate. into helping someone, but in a very um, caring, loving way. Yeah, nice. So that's yeah. one word that's in my head. Um, but it's also fascinating that there's all of these languages and linguistics to you know self-care and self-love and all of these 
yeah all of these things <laughs> mm. Mm. um yeah this this is very profound like i wasn't expecting the conversation to be this profound i mean i was <laughs> expecting it to be this profound but the fact but that it's fine. even more than my expectation is just like i'm <laughs> absorbing everything at the same time and, yeah. yeah i find sometimes you know when you just allow your thoughts you you plant a good seed you know and then you just allow your thoughts to unfold and sort of mm-hmm. follow the sort of pathways that your mind creates from a good seed right oh, yes. and, and whether that's an intention or a good thought you know a, a loving thought a powerful thought a, a care-filled thought um yeah. and you know the mind knows how to work with the food that we give it the mind will work with whatever food you give mm. it so it's like are you thinking about not you being you particular but are we or is one thinking about these kind of things on a regular basis and you know you mentioned the instagram posts those really are just my mind rambling in a certain path and me going oh my god oh wow that's really interesting that's good i'm going to share that 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 is something yeah. that needs to be shared but it's really just a lot of really good starting points i think you know well, what strikes me is how articulate the rambling is because <laughs> <laughs> sorry i find that think bit... rambling would be chaotic and you know um uh not yeah. make any sense which is yeah, no, right. it really makes sense like everything links together really well so i'm just watching your instagram post like wow it's it's just so beautifully worded it doesn't seem it seems like the even in the you know in the rambling there's just the structure in it it's just so amazing to see and um it's really interesting but... i mean i i can hear if i think about the kind of things that i that, that sort of pop out <laughs> and out of my mouth <laughs> It's you're right there is structure to it and you've got me wondering now like what is it that is the structure like if i had to think back to the things that i say it's like what's the start point what's like yeah like what is the, the structure mm. and is there a consistent structure that i end up you know like is there like a framework like could someone if someone was analyzing them could they say yeah you always start with this kind of thing and then go to this and go to this or is it mm-hmm. I'm curious now <laughs> What is this thing that I'm very curious? Yeah. But I was thinking maybe, oh, sorry, go on. No, 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 you go, you go for sure. Yeah, I was thinking since you're in the field of education, you have been, you have like tremendous experience. Um, Maybe that sort of influenced, you know, your thought pattern or the way that Mm. your rambling is articulate because even when I am, uh, I've started tuitions recently and it's it's a fresh thing for me but i have my it helps my own thoughts and my um words it helps it become more articulate i struggle yes. with it but i think just that i'm um teaching someone even if it's one student i feel like the more i teach that student the more i start making sense yeah totally and then probably that influences me in my daily ramblings on how yeah no i'm i'm certain of it like what you're saying makes a lot of sense sorry i actually cut you off there <laughs> no it's okay yeah no i i think that actually makes a lot of sense i used to um i can't remember where in the journey like whether it was at the beginning of my sort of like 
teaching degree or prior to that, but there was a point at which I was like fascinated by this idea of the way in which um, a different, the profession that we have shapes the Mm -hmm. way in which we perceive things, the what and the how of what we see in the world. Like, you know, policemen, I'm going to make this up because I don't, it's not like I know for sure, but I would guess that people who work in the legal Mm -hmm. world, whether lawyers, I think they're going to look for sort of, um, lawyers less so actually because they actually are very interesting because they, they work within what we think is a very structured thing, but they mm-hmm. actually work in terms of interpreting things and finding nuance and angle and mm. retweaking what we think on the outside is a very structured thing. But mm-hmm. police, for example, they do work in a very sort of right and wrong mm-hmm. framework. Um, and, you know, they're, they're people, obviously, they're doing their job and, you know, there's a bandwidth of their own humanity in terms of police but mm-hmm. um you're right I think over time the thing that has shaped my the way in which I articulate any idea is actually my recognition of the need to connect dots not for people because they can't do it but when I'm explaining something to really I, th- I think this is it just that um Mm-hmm. to really kind of connect all the dots and make the connections in my own thinking mm. immensely clear um, to kind of almost like role model my own thinking and talk it out out loud. Yeah. Um, which actually doesn't answer your thing of, of why it seems so structured because, you know, a ramble could be something that goes in a thousand different directions. So why is it that, my natural rambling is structured, but maybe it's just structured by this um, mental habit of explaining, mm-hmm. you know, like so explaining is a very, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, there's actually this lovely thing you, we talk about. Um, there's a, a research group at, um, called Project Zero and they're the part of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Mm. And they've I've developed, heard of it, I think. Project Zero, amazing yeah. stuff. Like literally, this is my like I'm a cultures of thinking slash Project Zero proponent. Anything coming out of that research body, like just oh, right. blows my mind. There's this latest framework called Agency by Design, which is using maker centered learning to develop self empowerment for oh, students, wow. and it just starts with this concept of agency and goes, how can we use the principles of making, which is like you know tinkering and hacking and breaking apart and putting together and uh, developing an eye for design and um, sensitivity actually to design. And so this is my go button. I start talking like <laughs> rapid fire, um, you know, but how can we embed those principles and utilize them? And the outcome usually is that it fosters a sort of agency for students about, or a sense of their mm-hmm. agency to make and create their world, mm-hmm. you know, that they can do it. They're not subservient to the world as is. They can hack at their world. They can create it. They can question ideas. They can question mm-hmm. objects. And off the back of that, there's another framework that's come out, which is justice by design, which critically wow. critiques the the designed injustices of society. So questions, you've got like, you know, preschool kids and primary age kids questioning things like equity versus equality. And, you know, it's just, wow. it's profound. Young people of all ages have the capacity to think at the most extraordinary level of complexity mm-hmm. if afforded the right context and the right learning environment and I by environment we mean 
everything that the teacher does from the space, the physical space they curate, through to the type of questions they answer, through to the type of um, interactions that they facilitate, um, through to the way that they role model deep mm-hmm. critical thinking for their students, then those students raise up into the culture, the thinking culture that they are being immersed in in that classroom. And wow. um, this kind of, all of these aspects are part of curriculum design and education design. It's like what concepts do you start with mm-hmm. to um, create and curate learning experiences for your students and to mm-hmm. what outcome? And this is what I'm thinking about in terms of teacher education at the tertiary level. Mm-hmm. And as you can hear, I can go without breathing <laughs> because I'm immensely like I just I don't like saying I'm so passionate, passionate about, about it, it but I am but it is it is it's my thing it's what are you gonna do <laughs> the passion is there I'm yeah, curious as to where it all this all started like what inspired you to get here where you know like you're yeah 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 sometimes there's a moment in life um where you know things just shift and then mm. you get onto this trajectory and before you know it you're like uh, you know, in, this, uh, in in something so much. So I, I'm curious to know kind of where it all started. Well, it's it's interesting because I'm going to answer your question perhaps not with the answer of how to notice the epiphany, epiphany moment or how to generate the epiphany moment that some people might hope for that makes them go, ah, oh, this is the thing. That's my thing. Epiphany, oh, yes. shower moment. Yeah. I think there's actually a very different way that we can come to find our, um, I guess, our ikigai. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, that Japanese concept. It was interesting. My housemate was actually doing hers. And she didn't realize that she was doing an ikigai. She just had these concentric circles. And I'm like, oh, that's the thing. And mm-hmm. I showed her. She's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing. But she'd never heard of ikigai before, which is really interesting. Just shows how universal it is, right? <laughs> um, my answer actually is more... So the answer I'm going to give you is actually more about the extent to which we spend time noticing ourself in our own life. So I will share with you a whole bunch of moments that made my path clear to me and affirmed mm. it. And therefore, the more I invested, the more the passion became, mm-hmm. uh, it, it stays alive because I'm so clear that this is my thing. It's it's easy to go, like, there's no question of doing anything else. I mean, right. there are other things that I'm deeply passionate about. But in this thing, I'm so clear that this is a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, it, it kind of, because in some ways it's this, where does a circle start kind of question mm, you know true. did it start when and here I can start going backwards I mean did it start when I found the most amazing PhD supervisor whose interests completely aligned with mine and then the more we work together the more and more I'm like universe how on earth did you gift me this moment? did it start during my um did it start at the point where I actually took a break from teaching because I was getting so disenfranchised, mm. not disenfranchised, wrong word, um, I think frustrated with the limitations and the blocks to my own enthusiasm and my passion that I was coming up against 
that was structural to mm. the, the rigidity of formal schooling that wasn't allowing me to be innovative and creative mm. that made me leave and go searching. Did it go before that when I was in my first teaching job and I walked into a classroom? It was like one of these like period four, don't know what day of the week, year 10 geography and I was so tired coffee wasn't doing it for me kind of days mm -hmm. and I walked out of the classroom more energized than I had gone in I was already in teaching by that point mm. right but after that I was like well that's it this is your thing you found it <laughs> uh. but it was something that affirmed where I was at it didn't it wasn't an it was like an epiphany moment but it was already Mm. reinforcing it mm -hmm. was it um prior to that I don't know just that Many point moments. in which I was going what on earth do I do I'm at this fork in my life and do I go down the road of acting and the arts and the performing arts or do I go into education mm. and I took a huge tablet like one of these like things that are really hard to swallow because they're so big of humility and go, I don't know how to solve this problem of what I'm going to do with my life myself. I'm going to go to a career advisor. Hashtag mm. one of the best things I ever did. Because every time mm. I started spinning in my thoughts, she would say, we've decided that we've moved on. Now we need to look at this. And I was like, oh, well, I see what you just did there. That's brilliant. Yes. Okay. You know, and then I made a decision to go into, um, mm -hmm to go into education rather than to go into the arts. And I I still have to pick that other part up. Mm. But it's a huge part of me and my contribution to the world. It's like the mm. love that I have for the world expresses itself through the arts as much mm -hmm. as through education and my intention to create transformative learning experiences for people that affirm their agency in the world, mm. but just through the stuff that I'm doing. And that's, I think, why I'm so passionate about it is because my intentions for the world, my love, is easily and readily expressed in this form. Mm. I can go back further, I think, if there was – I mean, look, I can go back all the way through to my epigenetics because the majority, and I mean the vast majority, I, I would have to count less than one hand of people in my family are not in education in some form. Like my grandfather, my grandfather, my sorry, grandfather and grandmother, and my mother. She's got her own PhD. Right. That then there's my cousins, multiple cousins, <laughs> cousins, partners. Um, like just yeah, it's really hard to count the number of people who aren't in education. So I've got a big fat dose of this, and then obviously it's been nurtured mm. by the Jewish culture, which is very embedded in um in thinking and learning it val you know jewish culture really values education mm -hmm. very highly so my inquisitive nature and curiosity which is like through the roof like in high school mm -hmm. <laughs> coming from south africa in the australian classroom me this little kid who was asking all these questions got sort of like shushed up by her classmates like stop asking questions who the hell says that sorry oh, who actually in a learning context says stop asking questions yeah. So, yeah, it's weird and painful. And I think that's an experience a lot of people probably have. Their curiosity is shut up, but it's it's cultural. Mm. You know, it's not schooling. It's the schooling we've created and we can create different. So that's so true. 
after that, there's one thing that definitely did happen that I will speak about. And also, I think for anyone listening, you know, a lot of this is sort of, um, and I guess perhaps irrelevant to your personal life and personal story. But I think what I'm speaking to here is more about the way in which I have been sensitive to noticing the connections of things that light me up. Mm. Not just the thing, like I love drawing, drawing more I shall do. Mm-hmm. But what are the things, what are the ways, what are the moments that consistently bring you back to a mm-hmm. sense of, you know, you know, what's it that spark joy? Yeah. Um, but of your inner life, what mm-hmm. things make your spirit feel uplifted and enlivened and, yeah, mm-hmm. alive, yes. you know. And I think I know that there's a big conversation out there where people start feeling afraid of doing the things that make you feel alive. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. that fear is only hmm. – I don't want to just throw it out there and say, well, you just got to be courageous and do it. <laughs> It's a whole but in some ways, but in, it is, it is because the thing is, even the fact that I live in the Blue Mountains, right? Out for anyone listening, oh, beautiful. Out to me, I've been there, is. yeah. But you know, moving here was also an immense challenge. Mm. So, the thing is, to follow your dreams, you've got to love yourself and your dreams so much that any trials that come along the way, you're like actually, I know this can be better. Mm. You know, it's like there firm needs belief. to be, pardon? A firm belief. Oh, sorry to yeah, add a firm that. belief. Yeah. No, I just said pardon because I didn't hear, hear you. But it's like it's got to be a belief that is so strong that nothing else exists in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I often sit on my balcony and it faces east, so we see the sunrise and I am... Um, East in a um, sort of, I guess, traditional wisdom cultures, East is very much the place from which new things arise, mm-hmm. obviously symbolically for the sun, but um, it's the energy of what we welcome in. And I often sit there and meditate or just anchor very deeply in my mind and quietly ask what's coming. Mm-hmm. Then I listen to the feelings that arise. And then I patiently wait for life to wrap form about, around them. And it, usually it's in ways that I could never imagine or are better than my imaginings could have mm. imagined. But I hold tight to the feelings. I, mm. I, I allow myself the certainty of my inner life. Mm. You know, no one think when you feel something, it doesn't matter if someone criticizes it or says um you know, or kind of like questions mm-hmm. it. Your responsibility actually, you know, is to go, okay, I hear that you're criticizing what I'm saying or making me think that you know, or doubt or question it. But the reality is this is what I feel. Yeah. And that is a practice. Mm. Forget the hour. Don't forget the amount of sleep you get. You need sleep. Your body (laughs) needs sleep. Otherwise, your brain grows screwy and nothing works. (laughs) Sleep lots, as much as you need. Not more. Don't be lazy, but sleep. (laughs) But, you know, we actually all, and I think I'm going to say something fairly bold that may put people off. I I think in Australia, I think in Australia, I don't know about 
other places as much. But I know in Australia, what I've noticed, and I've noticed this both in schooling contexts and with the adults that I work with, we've created a culture of self-doubt. What that means is that it's not inherent to our nature. But Mm -hmm. we've enculturated and reinforced a normalcy around doubting ourselves. So if we want anything in this world to be different for ourselves personally or for those around ourselves, our responsibility is to get on the yoga mat or the gym room Mm. of self-respect, self-regard, and not doubting ourselves. And you know how, like, no one can get you to the gym unless you decide to go? No one will build your internal self-respect or self-love or your faith unwavering, Mm. you know, that faith that exists before the existence of a question. Mm. There's one that says, I am. I am. And you can add whatever you want on that after that. But the one who goes, I am, irrespective of anyone and anything around me, I am. Mm -hmm. That inner space is the mat that is the responsibility of every single person on the planet, actually. Mm. Because no one can do that for you. So it's actually about growing up, putting on your big girl, big boy socks and mm-hmm. getting responsible about having faith in yourself. 100%. <laughs> this is so This is so true. I'm just like soaking it in because it's <laughs> yeah. everything that I need to hear as well. Yeah, yeah. Little things it's- that I've been practicing and it's just so amazing that I'm talking to you about this now because mm. I feel like I've been you know slowly adding things in my mind and like growing that like it's it yeah, hasn't been yeah, easy yeah. but I feel like the more I'm growing it now I've connected with you on this and we're talking about it it, it yeah, feels yeah. like there's a connection there there's a, yeah yeah definitely a link there and a lot of the things that you mentioned before like your journey mm. it was astounding for me because those are there's like parallels oh yeah in my own life that brought me to like education because I'm also a visual artist but yeah yeah education is the way that I can see myself helping other people whereas Mm -hmm. in arts you can do that as well but um I guess it's like a bit of both there's just it's part of me that there's both multiple things there and mm. yeah uh, there are multiple points in life where you can't just say one that's true there are multiple points in life where it kind of you see the direction that you want to go into and you just see things from a new perspective um, you know in school or because of what's happening around and I think I I'm like it is a bit it's frustrating in the moment when you see mm-hmm. um, how education is uh, you know you're being dealt an unfair hand let's say or things are frustrating but other people mm-hmm. might not see it or things are just going as they are but I value the I value that I saw and experienced um, whatever led me to then go on the road of okay I want to see education and you know the arts Mm. in a different way in a way that's not oppressive or 
yeah the politics within but that's yeah that's a whole other thing but there's it's just amazing i see all these parallels look look i think what you've said is is so true i think a lot of people you know it's funny i've heard of writers saying this but i think it's 100% to a re- 100% true as well of research is that we research ourselves you know hmm. and i again you know you talk about the synchronicity of things for me too the the fact that you know we were going to do this yesterday and then it wasn't right and then today and then just this morning i realized with 100% clarity in a single sentence what my entire journey is with mm. this thing and it's actually that thing of faith that thing of not religious faith but um what is it? it's not faith there was another word that i had in mind for it it's almost like um not self regard is it like belief or yeah yeah believing in yourself mm. this kind of thing. yeah it's interesting that we have these words that in different these two particular words that have one that the, the meaning changes so deeply based on context mm. right mm-hmm. um and i think that leads to i mean look you spoke about linguistics before we could have another whole <laughs> conversation around the role of uh, linguistics in framing our neural pathways mm-hmm. and the ways in which we literally therefore um like neural nodes of understanding mm-hmm. of abstract ideas are triggered through linguistic um mechanisms be it in the you know grammatical structure of language or what someone says and and how that feeds into political discourse and the divisions that we see it's that was one of the things that i was talking about then you know it's not about this is a complete tangent i guess for everyone listening but there was i did this one thing on instagram of how um you know the problems that we're seeing are not um differences of opinion they're differences in reasoning mm-hmm. and the reason i said that is because um i'm seeing it's almost like we take the one word belief and mm. some people are interpreting it from one context and another people another group of people are uh-huh. interpreting it from another context now that word belief is not obviously the thing in terms of say covid and vaccinations but that kind of thing that the word when contextualized into different existing frames of mind mm. leads to a whole different line of reasoning that reaches different outcomes different conclusions that people draw and then mm. act on. so that's a whole another thing that's fascinating and it's you know to really what i'm wanting to kind of tap into and add include because it's an essential part of the embodied nature of our thinking right mm-hmm. um like the neural pathways that we think about the abstract concepts of our lives mm. like agency for example with um but <laughs> all of that aside um the the thing that i wanted to mention was really this thing around when we're noticing these connections what i have found is there's sort of this like feedback thing that happens that becomes i guess inspiration and motivation and joy to continue with this path that sparks joy for me mm-hmm. so it's um you know you do a thing and in that whole universe conspires to help you kind of way you get that mm-hmm. feedback but maybe that feedback is an instant maybe it happens a bit later but even better when it happens a bit later because then you're like oh my god this is connected to that thing that happened mm-hmm. previously and i can see it starting to unfold mm-hmm. and as i take that 
you know, next step, more rushes in and more and more. And sometimes I think, you know, people can, um, it requires then, I guess, two other character traits. One is courage to take one step. And when you take like the tiniest, Mm. tiniest step of courage to do better for yourself in whatever level or aspect of life, whether it's following your professional career dreams or just the kind of person you want to be or mm-hmm. whether it's relationships, whatever it is, you take a step of courage, the universe conspires to help you and takes 10,000 steps. Like God, the, the one takes mm. a thousand steps to help you. The mm. other is just an absolute faith that we live in a time of benevolence. I know it doesn't feel that way because we're being squeezed through a tight space. But, you know, when you take the growing opportunities that we're all being offered right now and you like bear down, you've been on a marathon and you're at that last hundred meters and you bear down mm. and you, you sprint, you give that last hundred meters everything you've got right now. Life for everyone on the planet is saying bear down do the inner work. Uh I'm challenging you. I'm putting on extra weights at the gym. It is tough, but you're going to be so strong when you come out of this and you've got an option. At that point, you either give up and complain to your trainer and say, I can't, or you go, bring it on. Yeah. Right. So when you, when you really like go, when you like, I can do this, it all, it's interesting. It all does come back to faith. So the other thing then is that patience, right? Mm. Take a step of courage. You feel that little bit of confidence rise because you feel good about yourself because you kept a promise to yourself to Mm -hmm. do something, right? Mm -hmm. You get the feedback, the feedback, you can start seeing this pattern forming. And the more you follow that, the more the pattern reinforces and the more clarity keeps coming in. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, in terms of that you know, going back to what you asked about how I got to this point, it wasn't there for a single epiphany, mm. but it was a long arc of an epiphany that the pieces were falling together in a way that I sort of subconsciously always knew they would. And I could see the picture unfolding, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the sensitivity to noticing the details of what's unfolding in your life to continue taking steps of courage towards to follow your heart's calling, you know, yeah. um, and to recognize, I think for myself, that I was always on this path. That was something I kept noticing up until that mm-hmm. point where I was like, no, OK, now it's my thing. Um <laughs> Even now that I'm, you know, career shifting away from classroom teaching into teacher education, Mm -hmm. I'm continuing to somehow see this inner path that I was somehow always on, even without knowing it. I still see it Mm. unfolding, you know. And this isn't some miraculous gift that I have above and beyond anyone else's life. What Mm. I have perhaps is the inner eye to pay attention, to notice, Mm -hmm. to look at awareness. Yeah. 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 Mm. Not just of my state of my emotional or mental state, but of my life. Mm. What are the pieces that are trying to pull together? And the great thing I would say to anyone actually around this, what is something that you keep coming back Back to? to? What is it that you just cannot in your mind just does not let you let you go? Mm. that's your thing you already know (laughs) so yeah like yalla (laughs) do something about it 
Do a <laughs> tiny thing. Do a tiny thing and the rest will start to unfold in magical ways. Yeah, definitely. This is making me think of um this is making me think of how my own um my own journey <laughs> to the point that I am now, how looking back over uh my journals, I've kept journals since since like uh I was 13 maybe even before that yeah. and I've kept them some of them uh, some of the pages have gone but I've kept most of them and just coming back to what I wanted then like you know silly list actually not silly but at that point it was just you know just writing whatever is in my mind and then just making lists of what I want mm-hmm. and then coming back to it I just noticed that hey I have done this i have done a few of these things i've completed achieved these these things that i wanted even if they weren't like big things but just like a practice of it in the day yeah just like um a way of thinking or a way of changing a habit or just a little like a maybe a, a big shift or a little shift or whatever shift there's there has been a shift and it was just like insane to see that i'd written all of that down years ago yeah. and it's just wow. entered life so i feel like yeah, even yeah. the writing of it if the you know if if anyone's the, who's listening writes in journals even the writing of something in their life or just um the awareness uh the writing awareness that we have that can be so powerful and profound yeah and um yeah I think also what I'm hearing you say that I think you know echoes my own experience is the fact that it's always actually been there inside us Mm. in their lives we get caught up actually in this narrative of searching and like as a metaphor for how we reason I think it's actually a very problematic one just like literally now I'm realizing how problematic it is because the notion of searching, discovering, finding actually implies that we don't know. Mm. So stop searching for yourself. Just notice yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like literally I just, think, just start paying attention. I think that's what people find the most difficult. Um, you Why know. do you think that is? Why I do you think, think it's so hard for people to look at themselves? I mean, if I look at my own self, because um, being very honest and open here, like I haven't, yeah. you know, I haven't achieved full self-awareness <laughs> in life and I'm still on. No one has. The Dalai Lama hasn't. No that's one has. True. That's true. No one really has. <laughs> it's, it's an unfolding process. It's not a, it's not a destination. Enlightenment is, is the step by, it's enlightening your spirit with awareness and clarity mm-hmm. step by step by step. That is enlightenment. That's true. That's true. But I think um, I think it's you get to that point where you're open to it more. That's how I can uh, phrase it. Like there was a point where I wasn't um, actually within my writing. uh, I was open to it. So that was a tool in which I unknowingly even was open to what was happening within me. Yeah. But um, I was still hiding from myself for a very long time. And I think it's just recently 
with the with the lockdown like what you said this this time has kind of pushed us to take that extra um that extra mile and to really look within ourselves and i think mm. this time has like pushed me to be more open to everything within me and who i am which was so difficult before um but it it's also that commitment to going there because it for people i think it can be uncomfortable because they're afraid i was afraid of what's within me that you know the happy bits are wonderful but within us there's also the ugliness that mm-hmm. but i wouldn't really call it ugliness maybe we see it as ugliness in a negative way but there's no yeah. light without um darkness right so there's always the darkness that scares us yeah. and i think that's what people are afraid of and uncomfortable with because they're afraid that they won't be able to handle the dark the darkness yeah in themselves and so yeah. it's like I just want to stay away from being open and this journey of finding myself or knowing who I am because it's just so scary. Um, sorry, I went off a bit emotional towards. No, 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 no. It's interesting. I, I mean, it's beautiful. And I think it's very true. I'm, I'm trying to reflect on my own life because, I mean, I think, you know, on to some extent, on a, on a very personal level, I have... I spent a long time running towards my dreams and somehow away from myself at the same time. Mm. Um, and it's that, to be honest, that doesn't actually undermine anything I've just said about the noticing that has increased of course, throughout yeah. my life. But what shifted for me very recently, and I mean very recently, mm-hmm. was... <clears throat> I think this choice to embrace my humanity Mm. and recognition facilitated by the things I'm learning about Mm. that I'm actually just trying to remember because there was some phrasing that I had in my mind around how we think about the weaknesses or the problems in ourselves. And it's not, jumping up in my mind but it's really just this thing around and I think I did speak on this in one of my little things you know that it doesn't matter what the weaknesses are I think to build on what you're saying Mm -hmm. people probably feel that to do the work of personal transformation or personal growth you have to quote unquote you know grapple with your demons Mm. But I don't think that that's true. Mm. What I found more is that I have sort of projectile forwarded or sort of rock, skyrocketed or exponentially grown in leaps and bounds in moments when I've simply put the effort into focusing on and growing the things that I want to grow in myself. Mm. So, you know, it's almost like there's a, despite, you know, the, the energy of our being being infinite and unlimited in uh-huh. some ways it's interestingly like a finite container somehow when you can't you know 
you can't um, have a void in there. So you can't spend, you can spend your life trying to unweed all the weeds, mm. but you will never, you will never, ever get there. That is kind of like the unlimited task. Mm. But the very simple way is really just to give your attention again and again and again and again and again to the things you want, which is actually what we were talking about in terms mm-hmm. of knowing your path or what you want to grow on a career level. Mm. And um, it's like I was, you know, as you were talking about your experience, I was this thing of what is it that I want to grow um, <clears throat> really sort of jumped out at me as this thing of, well, well, that's it. That's how we um, – the way in which we unfold our path really is by looking at, and I'm sort of like, is this bit might not sound so coherent because I'm just exploring a new idea here, mm-hmm. but it's um, what is it that I want to give my attention to really mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> that then becomes the, the seed that mm. I plant. And then each tiny step of courage becomes either another seed or a sort of strengthening of that original seed, like the stones for us to step on sort of rise up to meet us. And, um, yeah, I, I can't talk too much to this actually, but there's definitely something in this, just using this question as like a, a, a rudder or an anchor during stormy, confusing times in our life, be they emotional or mental or whatever, or physical, whatever. What is it that I want to grow? Mm. And what I love about this question, actually, the more I think about it, is that it projects us into the future of our life. It takes us away from the stress of dealing with the immediate and going, oh, my God, how do I, what do I do? What do I do? To hang on going, okay, I'm in a situation, but what do I want to be the result of this situation, of uh, the result of the choices that I make now? Mm. And let the – I shared this, actually, with someone. Very often people will go, what do I want? I do this or I do that. Okay, I want this or I don't want that. And it's it's sort of like very, somehow very challenging to sometimes figure out what we want. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is people might go, instead of what I want, it's like, okay, well, I want to achieve, hang on, what was it? Sorry, I'm getting a bit brain fuzzy now. I had this little diagram in mind. Instead of going, what do I want? You then ask, well, what would be the outcome of my choice? Do I want the outcome of the, that this outcome or that outcome? But there's a third step we can take it actually, where you go beyond looking at the outcome of your choice to going, what is it that you want to in this context say grow, mm-hmm. and therefore which choice is going to lead you towards your aim? Mm. You know, not just in terms of do I want the outcome or not, but like which one is actually going to carve a path for you that you want to follow. You see what I mean mm-hmm. by the difference? Yeah, so important. I think that what do you want to grow? That's also something I've been thinking about recently. Um, yeah. You know, what um, what kind of actions today will lead to myself in, let's say, you know, three years' yeah. time or I don't yeah, know, a year. Yeah, and, totally, totally. And just at that point what will help me grow into whatever it is that I want to achieve but I yeah. think also another another um, thought that keeps 
coming up for me in all of this is the word gratitude. Yeah. That I, I really wanted to mention because I was thinking even in the growth and, you know, the, all of the facets of um, all of, all of what we're talking about with the actions that we take or whatever propels us to achieve something that helps us become, you know, at the end of the day, I guess, a better version of ourselves in whichever way we want it to be. Yeah. It's also the, the, the sort of gratitude of today or just every, single, yeah. every single moment or every step that we take. They kind of count. That's also a, a seed or growth, that gratitude, mm. that kind of. Um, and I've been trying to practice that more as well, because it's like the abundance of life rather than thinking of what we don't have, yeah, which totally. I think then contributes to, you know, the spiral of um, negativity and spiraling into like grappling with the demons and everything it's like <laughs> the, the other side where there's gratitude and it's just counterbalancing that so mm. along with um taking those steps and growing what needs what needs to what you want to grow basically and that's how i can articulate now. it yeah i think you know that also comes down to the, the gratitude piece, I think, is what enables us to enjoy the journey. Mm. You know, like in lockdown, everyone can be so, and I noticed myself at times as well going, you know, like, you know, when will it be over? But that sort of takes us away from just enjoying where we're at now. It's like, you know what? Maybe not the circumstances I anticipated. You know, <laughs> like I wasn't able to physically be with my mom for her 70th birthday, which was a few days ago. Oh. I know, but it was also, it was also fine. I, I don't know how, but just, you know, emotionally, she, mm-hmm. I, family, you know, which is like, it was actually okay. <laughs> and, and I think, yeah, no, but it's what was came yeah. up for me when you were chatting just then with what you were sharing was that these practices that we keep talking about, it's a return to an inner feeling, really. Mm. It's, it's building the muscles of our inner stage that we want mm-hmm. to live from. And I often talk about that in terms of the, the Sabbath or the Shabbat, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, for within the Jewish tradition starts tonight and goes until sunset tomorrow, mm-hmm. also like a Friday through Saturday, um, sorry, Friday night through Saturday. And um, very often, you know, and this is a nice little circle back to that question of care because, you know, very often, um, we stop and collapse mm. and we sort of recuperate before charging forward again. But the lovely thing that I've come to reframe around the Sabbath is that it's actually not the stop and collapse, gain strength so I can keep going. Mm-hmm. It's a conscientious decision to dive into a deeper silence, mm. into a place where my frontal lobe is not driving my day mm. like I don't use technology I um like this is what I do but like you know people can do whatever but it's that choice to go so deep within for an extended period of time while still living your day that 
the inner awareness mm. becomes the place that you live from, that inner spaciousness, that inner silence, mm. that vast inner landscape that we all have becomes the place that is A, refreshing, and B, that you live from in mm-hmm. the week to come. So the Shabbos is kind of like the start silence is where we start from it's not mm-hmm. where we and where we return to of course okay. but it's where we and and in any moment of too much we can return to and that practice of drawing from stillness mm. rather than leaning on it or collapsing it you know like it's it's i'm not sure how people deal with silence and stillness but this practice of drawing from an inner stillness as the foundation for how I live Mm. I think is a really important piece also of enabling us to have gratitude along the way of enabling us to recognize our inner strengths of developing the muscle of being able to notice what we do of what lights us up and what keeps coming back to us you know and Mm -hmm. and that in that sense you know that Developing self-awareness is a beautiful, light, and joyful journey. Like, sure, other feelings come up. Like, you cannot open the box of your inner life without it all coming out at Mm -hmm. some point. But if you do it with an intention of love, there is also an extra energy of resilience that comes with that. Mm. Because love becomes, the love to look becomes the the love to see and not be perturbed because you recognize, okay, that's my humanity. Mm. And, and then you work through that when it comes up, but you're doing it from that anchor of love. Recognizing your humanity. Yeah. That really stands out to me as well, because um, sort of also just recognizing your own humanity, you recognize other people's, humanness Mm. and I think we need more of that like I catch my own self um sometimes not acknowledging or recognizing the humanness of my own self in terms of being too harsh you know with myself Mm. or Mm. critical and then when I shift that and come from a loving um perspective which again is a practice especially if you know, you found that hard in your life um, and it hasn't, I don't think it comes naturally to anyone, but (laughs) I guess it depends. But if it's especially difficult, it's a, it's a practice that takes time. But when you tap into that, you're way more forgiving of others, Mm -hmm. way more acknowledge, way more of an acknowledgement that you have for understanding other people being, having empathy and actually having empathy because I catch my own self thinking okay I know what empathy is but if I don't have that for if I don't feel that love and that inner feeling for myself there's it shuts down your empathy for others I I feel like and this is a big realization that I've had um, recently and just um I don't know if I went on a tangent here, but no, just made me think from whatever you were saying. This is the nature of thinking. Yeah. 
nature like of thinking. You plant a seed and you just, that this is the mind rambling, you know. Become this way more articulate with this conversation. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. it's, been a, it's been a really interesting discussion and just you know, to reflect that gratitude back to you. Hmm. Just that, um, that those couple of awarenesses that I came to for myself that actually that thing around um, the question, I think in particular of what is it that I want to grow speaks mm. very much to what I said at the beginning of how of this, this thing that came up for me today where I, you know, actually I'm, I am, I have forgiven myself because in this moment I can recognize that there is this part of me that just needs strengthening it's not, it's not a, it's not a, I'm bad or I did something wrong. I mean, in some ways it was wrong because it caused some sorrow or a little bit of, you know, upset in a beautiful friendship that I have. Um, mm-hmm. But, and it's like a very real, honest kind of friendship, but could very easily spiral. Anyway, the thing is the, what do I want to grow enables me to think through Hmm. the the unclear space of what I was actually doing prior to that which is what do I want Hmm. and I didn't realize how limiting that question is for our thinking like you have to understand like for someone who is kind of now professionally invested in thinking like that is my bread and butter (laughs) (laughs) to have this insight around the limiting nature of a particular thought you have no idea like I've got like my research diary open on my laptop and like that is first place I'm going after this conversation because oh my god these are golden nuggets awesome you know so I have huge gratitude for the opportunity to be in conversation with you because um you know it's a learning space always it's not like I have all the answers to everything I think Mm -hmm. I'm just um I have a growing way of thinking about of things that I'm finding very enabling mm-hmm. you know, for myself and for others. So, so thank you for uh, bringing me into this conversation. Thank great. you for being part of this conversation. I mean, I've learned so much from everything that you've said. And again, I like, I, I just can't stop smiling and just feeling <laughs> warm. Which is, which is just amazing to just um, have this uh, warm, positive, fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you a thing. Okay, so I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the second person in the last say three, four days. So it was Thursday. A student teacher that I had um, also used this warm, fuzzy phrase, and. it's so lovely to have that as a mirror. But beyond that, which is just my personal thing, I feel like I shouldn't have shared it. It was just like for me to know. But mm-hmm. um, what I what I wanted to share was that as a kid, I grew up in this youth movement and it was like a nice little thing to go out on. Um, mm-hmm. But this little, uh, we used to literally call them warm fuzzies. So at the end of every camp, you'd sit around with the kind of 20, 30 kids you'd been in on the camp with in your age group group for you know, the five days that you were away mm-hmm. and you would write warm fuzzies and oh. um, yeah, you'd sit around in a circle and everyone would write their name on a piece of paper. And then you pass that page 
a piece of paper to mm-hmm. the right or the left. Everyone goes the same direction. And so you go through writing, even if it's just a single word, some uh, loving message, warm, good thing that you see in the person, whatever. And then everyone gets their warm fuzzies and you take your warm fuzzies home. And it was just the best thing. So it was so, so like really what I'm saying is own the phrase warm fuzzy. Just own it. It's a good thing. (laughs) There's not enough of that, you know. There's not enough of the warm fuzzies, but we can hopefully start the warm fuzz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. Hoping to spread more warm fuzzies. That sounds a bit weird, but (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. It's a problem when you get old and people start putting innuendos (laughs) on these very innocent things. But um, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I think is there some particular way that you like to close? I am. I'm, I'm or we just leave it there, and you'll add an edit to it later, or what? Actually, I uh, I close by um, thanking you for being a part of. <laughs> I, we went through that, but I'm still going to thank you like a thousand times for being part of this. And I'm so glad it happened. Um, I'm so, yeah, so too. glad it happened. And I hope we can uh, keep discussing all of these things yeah, after sure. our t- this as well. Yeah, and well, I, you hope... know, I mean, I... sorry, go. Oh, uh, no, no, you go. <laughs> you can... Well, I'll, I'll do like just a small plug for, I guess, people to tap into the Insta page that you were mentioning. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and also I'll put it out there. I don't know if any of your listeners happen to work in the field of education or anything like this, but um, it's, it's a little bit fledgling at the moment, but I'm definitely investing consistent energy in growing the Facebook group. It's open to anyone who really works, anyone really in general, but it's um, specifically for people who work in education in some form so it could be training and facilitation in you know corporate sectors or mm-hmm. whatever but really taking this notion that we educate on the basis of what we embody mm-hmm. um and, you know then really bringing in ideas and uh, strategies around how we can curate these kinds of experiences for really that you know curriculum and education design focus mm-hmm. how we can create in, um empowering experiences that really shift the the nature of what learning feels like Mm. you know for people um but you know through very very practical means working with syllabus documents and all that kind of stuff it's not just it's not just a warm fuzzy it's actually a very grounded um and strategic thing um so that's the enlivened educator and it's a a group on facebook that anyone can join the enlivened educator i love that title so that's on facebook uh anyone who's listening please find this on facebook and follow it um to just i i'm sure there's amazing things i'm gonna follow it as well i think i i am already going to check but definitely something that i'm really interested in and i'm just excited to do more research on thinking education Mm -hmm all of the things that we talked about and um that's inspiring i'm now excited for you i'm like yes go go read up on me well when you find me there post a question for the group and um i'll point you to some good resources that everyone can juice on 
Oh, awesome. I'm going to link all of uh, your um, and your account and the Enlivened Educator in the Spotify description so that anyone can access it from there as well. Um, I guess one more thing that I just remembered that I do at the end is ask what sort of, I mean, we talked about all the things that people can take away from this, but I guess uh, if you had to maybe give like a word or sentence to just, to whoever's listening to, to carry on from um, this conversation, what kind of word or sentence would you give them? I don't know if this is a strange Yeah, request, no, 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 no. It's something that, you know, I like, so like, what are your closing thoughts or mm-hmm. where is this? Um, I'll say the first thing that comes to mind, but I know that there's something underneath it, which is usually what really needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is to maybe just be courageous about noticing your world. Be courageous. Be courageous. Um, I'm actually writing that down for my own. <laughs> be courageous about noticing your world. Yeah, and yourself. Um, but I think just phrase the question again for me because there was something that came up that was a bit deeper. So my question is um, what is the one word or a sentence that you would um, give to the listener of this episode to carry on with with them through their day or maybe mm. into their journey their own inner journey and I'm sure if they're listening to this they are already working through their selves so I guess um something you know, they it's can funny. There's, there's one that keeps coming back to my look I obviously like my work is all about you know being light and joyful but I think I'm gonna say um, to live from love mm. it's not it's not an outcome it becomes the outcome when you do that when you live from love mm-hmm. and you know just to if we tie that into noticing it's do everything with love and cook your food lovingly That's because so you're preparing to do everything with love and to really make that a practice I know it's we even that phrase and it can be bounced around so much Mm. but to invest in generating to living from that place in yourself that already exists Mm. just to live from love I mean and and I think the truth of it also is that everything that I'm so enlivened by I'm doing I'm doing it from a place of love I haven't spoken about it, but they tap into much deeper awarenesses that I have of my soul journey and, and mm. what I'm actually doing with my life. And I can see deeper patterns within my psyche of how and why the things that I'm doing align mm-hmm. with my deeper nature and are uplifting, therefore uplifting for me, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, so yeah, I think that just That's live beautiful. from love. It's so beautiful. And I'm curious over one more thing. What okay. your favorite? Um, what's your favorite song, or just the song that you're, you keep going back to? <laughs> okay, okay. So you're talking so to that's... someone who's basically like a musician as well. Um, um, wow. Oh my god, favorite songs. I'm literally opening up my laptop at the moment because um, there are. So so many it's so interesting actually out of the blue this morning I had like Hebrew songs mm. popping into my head that I haven't thought of in centuries um I'm that old um okay I'm gonna go completely left of field because I mean I'm listening at the moment to everything from um, Paolo Nutini through to um, what do I, I've got like oh, on Spotify like a Streets of Philadelphia as a radio station that I'm loving. Oh I've got um, the Teskey Brothers. I've got the the Smiths. I've got so like I've got this kind of like obviously like blues rock. Um, Love thing. it. Love that. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go to my absolute favorites list and for no reason other than just I'm gonna share um one of my all-time favorite songs actually is Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. I love Fleetwood Mac. There you go. The top okay. of my list, I said I was gonna say the top of my list, the very, very my all-time favorites, personal favorite uh, playlist that I made is it's called "I'll Be Your Lover Too," and it's by Van Morrison. Um, I'm a big nice. Van Van Morrison fan, but Gypsy, and and there's also one other one that I'll say. Um, <laughs> it's oh my god, no, I, this, this is, is a, a go button. This is another. We need another hour for the music that I love. Okay. Yeah, um, this is all. She's got away by Billy Joel. I'll leave it on that note. She's got away by Billy Joel. Okay, awesome. Are you going to put these in the podcast? Are you going to play these around this conversation? I could. Uh... Oh, my God. That'd be hilarious because in some ways it's so incongruent, but it maybe also isn't. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Well, look, you do your, it's your thing. You do what you want with it. <laughs> so it was so wonderful to have you on this um, episode, this podcast. And, yeah, I think... I think um, we can end it here. I I want to use sure. another word to close to close it here. And, uh, <laughs> it's been delightful. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> thank you so much for the I'm opportunity to, I, and the invitation. I feel very honored. Oh, thank you for being here. I feel so so honored as well. I'm I'm not that great at <laughs> goodbyes and closing things. So like, you just say right? goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> But thank you for everyone who has uh, who's who's listening to this and uh, reach out to me uh, if there's any questions or just reach out to me anyway <laughs> if you want to and definitely look up the enlivened educator um, and yeah that's about it I will see you in another episode uh, have an amazing rest of your day or evening wherever you are in the world and. Goodbye.